with the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com and Omni.fm. Thank you for joining us for another edition of High School Sports as we talk uh, high school sports with you for the next 40 or 45 minutes or so or however long we go. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you for joining us and joining me six feet away. Uh, again, practicing good social distancing is journal sports editor Justin Russ, and you're going to hear a lot of his voice coming up in this episode because we're going to take a step back and review the wrestling season for the 2019-2020 season, and specifically the state tournaments in Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. Justin, let's jump right into it here. Um, let's start with the Iowa side because that's where I think the most action was, and you were at Wells Fargo Arena for that late February week. Uh, covering tons of stuff and go to SiouxCityJournal.com to relive all of his wrestling stories because he put out a lot of wrestling content that week from Des Moines. Let's start off with the duels. They happened first earlier in the week. Uh, Had three teams in the duels and uh, for what it's worth uh, the teams that were there West Sioux, Woodbury Central, uh, Sergeant Blue Fruit and I believe I'm missing one if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Woodbury Central. Uh, regardless, I think they all performed well at the duel uh, meet. Yeah, um, the duels were very interesting in that aspect. Uh, I'll touch on West Sioux first, you know, finishing in third place. Um, you know, they went down there, and there's there's the clear-cut one and two. Everyone kind of assumed it was going to be Don Bosco and Lisbon wrestling for first in 1A. You know, they probably could have wrestled for first in 2A, maybe for first in mm-hmm. 3A. I mean, they were that deep this season, uh, that talented of a team, and who wrestled for the question was who's going to finish third for what suit was really important for them not to take a step back from last season even if it was a fourth place finish they finished third last season with a one point win over lisbon and this year they go in they they, they clearly won their first their first duel against denver is a little close at the beginning but then west Sioux pulled away um got, got a nice cushion denver made a little bit of a comeback but west Sioux pulled away and to get that win they did lose to Lisbon in the next round, but it's the one against Lake Mills, a team they'd beaten earlier this season. And and they handled pretty pretty well. I'm sorry. Yeah, they handled pretty well uh, for third place. And, and I believe it was Lake Mills. Maybe it was Logan, um, Logan Magnolia. I'm sorry. So, um, And that, that, that was really impressive for them to finish third again. Um, that's a team that's building again. You don't want to take that step back. You want to. You know, you want to establish that dominance and winning third place the way they did by, I believe, it was by twenty points. That really showed they, they, they. It was never really in doubt that they were going to finish in third place. And Mark Van Orch has been building that program for the last five years now. And, you know, his first year there that they got they got two kids to state. Now they've got two back to back third place finishes in the duels, and that's big because they also finished fourth in the traditional team tournament and had five state place winners. That's huge because that's the most in West Sioux's history. That's the highest finish ever for Wasu at the state tournament uh, in the traditional. So they continue to build things, and they, they 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 have a really solid lineup. They've got plenty returning there. So it was really important for Wasu to finish the top three again. They did that again and improved on their traditional one, showing that Mark Van Ort keeps building there. And, you know, it's not just all about Adam Allard, who's had a great career, but they're really getting – you know, a lot around them. They got some good kids coming in and, and, and Wesu finishing third. I, that to me, that's another big deal right there for them to continue to grow. Not, not having it be a one year thing that they're, they're still in the top 
four, top three here two two years in a row. So I, I thought that was a big deal out of West Sioux. How big of a big deal is that, that West Sioux can compete with the likes of two powerhouse programs like Don Bosco and Lisbon? Um, I will admit Don Bosco and Lisbon was above everyone else. It, was, it wasn't even really close. Um, even in the traditional, those two teams, like I said, they would have competed in 3A for the state duels. Um, they would have, they would have won the, both of them would have won the two A state titles. There's no doubt in my mind there. Um, either one of them could have. So, but it is important to stay in that upper echelon. It is a, to establish a name. You know, Northwest Iowa is not exactly where you look to to wrestling. More from no. down, and and it's big to finish third back back years. It's it's saying, hey, it's not a one year thing. We're here. We're building something here. There's other teams following us in Northwest Iowa too. We're going to keep building it. You know, Sergeant Bluff is becoming, you know, a fixture there too. They're not finishing high, but they're they're getting there, and and that's it, it, it's to build the wrestling in Northwest Iowa, and that's what Van Ord has been doing. And you know, it, it's going to be important for them to get back to the duels next year as well, and and keep this rolling. You know, it's something Woodbury Central is working on, and and is continue to do too. I mean, having three teams at the state duels is vastly important, I feel, because it shows mm-hmm. that wrestling is building in Northwest Iowa. It keeps, it keeps growing and growing here in Northwest Iowa. You mentioned uh, Sergeant Bluff and Woodbury Central. Let's talk about them for a minute. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from how Sergeant Bluff did in the state duel? Oh, they were so close. So part of the things that hindered Sergeant Bluff all season, really, uh, one thing that hindered them all season, they, they didn't have a 106-pounder for the whole season. So in duels, it's six points that you give up right away. And then their 120-pounder, Noel Parmalee, he suffered a season-ending injury late in the year, so now you're down to 120 pounds. They did have someone there, but, you know, there, there was a, there's a big drop-off there. Yeah, so in the first in the first duel, Sergeant Bluff got out to a really good start. It's 24 nothing, I believe. Really good start. They're wrestling people up. They're, they're hitting the right, right weight classes, getting the wins in the right weight classes. They need getting some bonus points here. You know, they're that, that, kind of the heart of their order. They bumped up a little bit. You know, Braden Barclay was bumping up a weight class, you know, to 182, getting wins. And, you know, I'm sorry, to, to 195, and Blake Levy was, was bouncing up, and Jack Galco was bumping up and getting wins. So they got a nice lead, that first one, but right when it hit hit the advantage here, right, right when it hit about 220 is right where Sergeant Bluff's at disadvantage. And it, Williamsburg started to pick them off some point, so at some spots. And that they, they got back, they, they took the lead, they tied it up, and when it, Williamsburg got their hammers going, and that, that's kind of where things kind of changed right there. So it's right about 220, like I said. They started to get some pins, getting some bonus points, and it came down to the last two matches, and and Sam Van Zee got a pin, and Jalen Scrope, their, their, their big-time hammer at 138, got a pin. Those back-to-back pins is what got Williamsburg the 39-27 victory because it was tied going to the last two matches, and just – you know, 220, 285, 106, 113, and 120 changes. You know, if you have Noah Parmley in there, that's not going to be a pin for Williamsburg. I don't know how it turns out against Caden Gripe, but I'm, you know, I'd give Parmley the advantage there because he was ranked for most of the season too. So you switch around those six points, that's a 12-point swing right there. You know, all of a sudden it's 33-33. At the end of this is what you're looking at. So, and you may be wrestling a little bit differently too. Do you put Van Gorp there, or do you, do you bump up Curry up to 138? I don't know how much that really changes. Scrope is pretty good, and so is Van Z. So 
but you switch that out, that makes a world of difference right there in terms of having Noel Parmalee at 120. So I thought they handled it pretty well because Williamsburg went on uh, and knocked off uh, Independence in the next match, uh, I believe. Uh, it's just on the chart, and they hit back. Yeah, they knocked off Independence, a traditionally strong team, and lost to West, Man- West De- Delaware. West Delaware was the team to beat in 2A. Actually, they'd lost the traditional tournament to Osage. Osage made a huge run to get that. And, and you know, so Sergeant Bluff lost the next one. They ended up finishing seventh. They beat Humboldt, a team that had beat them in a tournament earlier this season. They beat Humboldt 38-33 with some late matches. Now, that was, that was nice for them to get the win to end the season and finish in seventh place. You know, if they beat if they beat Williamsburg, they may have a chance to wrestle for the title, depending on how things go against Independence. But, you know, you're finishing no lower than fourth than if you won that. So they're, they're so close to being on the other side of the bracket there. And it, it's not disappointing. I, I wouldn't say disappointing. They came close. I think they did better than most people would expect them to against Williamsburg. They really had them on the ropes at the beginning, and Williamsburg really had to battle back. So, uh, so seventh still feels good. But you, you look how close it was to being a top four finish there, and it, it stings a bit. But right. but you know they went on in a win. And that's you know they're they're close to, to getting that open, and then that's something they're back year after year, and that's something Ty Kudum is trying to build something year after year there too. I'm sorry, Clint Kudum. How Ty much Kudum is the son? So. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. How much credit do you give? You mentioned Kudum. How much do you? How much credit do you give him for building that lineup and having that strategy? Kind of like what we talked about in the regional duels after they had won with a freshman who never had wrestled a varsity match before. How much credit do you give Clint for the state tournament and how he handled? the lineup throughout the season and at the state duels. Boy, he's just, he's just playing chess out there. He's really trying to do everything out there. He's he's thinking he's strategizing. He's got some good assistant coaches that help him with that too. And you know, I, I give Clint a lot of credit for how he builds it up, how it, how he handles each wrestler. You know, he handles each wrestler how they need to be handled, each one differently. And um, at, the tradi- at the traditional tournament, they ended up finishing uh, eighth, which is lower than they wanted to finish. But things kind of didn't shake out how they wanted it to. I mean, Osage made that huge run. That was that was big. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say they didn't finish where they wanted to, West Delaware finished fifth. They were the hands-on favorite to run away with that title, and they did not. They finished fifth. So you had Osage at number one, Union at number two, which was kind of where everyone thought they'd be, and then things didn't look like they're going their way. And Centerville, they only had three kids there, but they all won titles, and they finished third. So two-way was wide open. Sergeant Bluff, 51 points. That's 15 behind Centerville, so they weren't far off. So it's they're so close right there. It's just getting over that slight hump. But Clint's able to – I mean, not much was ex- – I don't think a ton was expected out of them. And Clint really built that lineup, and I think you'll see some good hammers in there next year too. I mean, got Jack Galco back as well. You do lose Blake Levy. You do lose Corey Bates. Um, you do lose uh, Nate Curry as well. And, and, you know, Wade Farrow is a good person for that program. Braden Barclay. So you, there are spots to fill. They also got some young guys coming up. I'm really excited to see what Hunter Steffens does. What does Ty Kudum do in his sophomore year? You know, they've they've got some freshmen coming up that, you know, their Sergeant Bluff Wrestling Club did well. And, and, and we'll see what they, they have coming up this next year. I was just about to ask, too, in terms of the parity in Class 2. We, we talked a lot about parity in the basketball tournaments in our last podcast. Do you feel like Class 2A – had the most parity among the three classes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt had the most parity. Like I said, no one saw Osage winning this tournament. They didn't know who was going to finish in the top three. They figured it was West Delaware. Then 
it felt like there's eight teams going after those top two spots. And by the end of it, that's exactly kind of what it was. Um, maybe, you know, you could say 10 teams going after those spots. I'd, I'd say eight teams right there. And just uh, that's kind of how it felt that whole way. So now let's move over to Woodbury Central. Uh, they had a decent state duel. What'd you see out of the Wildcats? Their state duels went okay. They did not win. They went 0-3. Um, you know, and while well, I think, okay, they got in, uh, that was good for them to get in. I will tell you this. Uh, Jake Thomas wasn't exactly pleased with how they did. For him, it was a learning moment for these kids. Were they just satisfied being there? Did they want to win more? And kind of felt like at times, some I don't say they were satisfied being there, but he was hoping for a little more, a little more wins, a little more points, maybe getting, you know, you know higher than eighth place, of course. So um, cause you don't want to be the one that finishes eighth and, you know, they, they wrestled their lineup, and then and some of the matches didn't exactly go their way. So it was good for a young squad. It really was. It was good for a young squad that whose season all could have been blown up um, when they lost their, their, their key wrestler right now. Um, but it, they, they all kind of recovered from Bo Klingensmith to Max McGill. It all kind of worked out in the end for, for Woodbury Central to do as well as they did. And, and you know, losing Wade Mitchell was huge. Um, I cannot stress that enough. A returning state winner, he was going to be the easy favorite to win 160, I believe, 152 or 160, whichever one he would end up this year. Clear-cut favorite to win that in 1A. Clear-cut. Everyone thought he could. He, he's an amazing wrestler. But what he did to mentor some of the kids and, and give some tips and give some hope for them, I thought that was huge out of, out of Wade Mitchell um, and, and what he did for that program this year. And it really, re- the team really reflected that, you know, like I said, there's a lot of young kids with Max McGill, um, Braden Locke. Those guys really stepped up this year. They, probably not as much as some people might think, but this team, once they lost Wade Mitchell, was just left for like, okay, they're, they're, they're out there. No one would have thought they would have been at the state tournament. I know Underwood didn't wrestle their lineup, so that, that's a major benefit for them. But they still had to get there, and I don't think anyone would have, you know, for the fact that they're even in the regional duels, I think that surprised a lot of people. Now, what will happen after that? We'll see what happens to the regional duels. Uh, you know, with everything happening, you haven't heard too much about it yet. So by now we're supposed to hear what's going to happen to the regional duels, how they're going to change postseason. But for Woodbury Central to even make it that far, I, I, I thought that was huge. But, you know, I, I kind of agree with Jake Thomas. They probably could have wrestled better at the state duels, and he's hoping to see more out of them, and hope, hoping that pushes them in the off season. Because I, I think Woodbury Central will, will be another force next year too, especially with Bo Klingensmith back. Um, with Bo Klingensmith back, with Max McGill back, uh, Braden Locke is back. There's there's another one I'm missing in there too. Um, you know they, they they got five kids to state, and I thought that was huge for that team to get that many to state. Uh, uh, there's someone I'm missing there. They are uh, Nate Monahan. They are graduating Nate Monahan. Um, but you have Ryder Cole back. You have, you know, you know, like I said, Max McGill, 35 and 15, and Braden Locke, 33 and 24. they got some young kids coming up, too. This could be a pretty dangerous team starting next year, especially with le- when they're led by Bo Klingensmith right there, who finished third. He's got two third-place finishes and a runner-up finish in his career at State. So, you know, if he can lead this team, I, I feel this team can make another run at the State Duels next year. Is there any pressure on Bo to kind of lead this team and, and try and navigate such a young team back to the state duels and maybe even the traditional tournament? If Wade hadn't gotten injured, I would say yes, but I think he handled it well this year and, and really helped out this year that it, it takes that pressure off for next year for him. I think he really took on a leadership role this year 
in that aspect for what his goals were and what his goals were for the team, even without Wade out. So I think that actually built him into the leader that he can be for next year too. And and I, I will say right here that your feature story about Wade being kind of that student coach type role for the Wildcats outside of your Allard uh, championship uh, match story. I think that was my favorite story from that week. So go check out SiouxCityJournal.com to check that out. Like I said, all of his other stories as well from Des Moines. Now let's shift over to the traditional tournament in Des Moines. Again, you were there. You saw some pretty eventful matches at at State. Just start where you want to and and go from there. Well, we can't talk wrestling in Northwest Iowa at the State Tournament without talking about the match that a lot of people remember. and that's Adam Allard versus Aiden, Aiden yep. Noonan, Noonan for the uh, state title, 126 pounds. I mean, uh, and Adam Allard did get our wrestler of the year. That story is in uh, Wednesday's paper. It is online so if you want to check it out. So, um, And there's no way around it. You know, Adam Allard gets turned late, gives up those three back points, and Aiden Noonan comes out with the second straight title, stunning Allard, who's the only wrestler to ever lose who's going for his four state title. He's the only wrestler to ever lose that state, the four state title in the championship match. So he's just, that's a mind blowing. So that, that was, that was kind of crazy. And, you know, I thought Adam, you know, I thought Allard handled it. Well, he got up, he shook hands, went there. Yes. He went to the back. He was back there for a while. He went out to the podium was he a wreck? Yes, but wouldn't you be a wreck at that point too? This is what the kid's been working for four years. Through. He's only won. He's only lost one other match in his career in high school, and after that loss that he had in December of 2016, all he did was set the consecutive victories uh, in Iowa. Then he also goes on and becomes a three-time state champion. He's one of the few, only a handful of wrestlers that have won 200 matches. So. He, he put together quite the career, and yes, the tough loss, but you know what happened there was just he got the early takedown and and he probably should have gone neutral in that third. Mark Van Ort actually talked about that, how they probably should have gone neutral instead of Allard on the bottom, and Noonan rode him very well. And yes, Adam Allard has a shoulder injury, but neither him or Van Ort have made that an excuse at all. They said he sh- both of them have said that he, sh- he should have won, despite that shoulder injury that they that well that he had chances to win despite that injury and, and such his shoulder was not 100 percent. he had a torn shoulder going into that match no one knew how severe that injury was because he looked like a hammer throughout all his matches he won his first round state tournament match by a, a tech fall in the first period just absolutely worked the guy he was going against got him down a couple times turned him so many times like he was just a hammer out there so you couldn't quite tell, but in the end, you know, he couldn't do his carries as he wanted to, and so it did hinder him. And then did it hinder him where he got churned? I don't know. They never really had said that it did, but, you know, maybe it did. But maybe Noonan's just that good on top. That's the thing, too. This is a guy that knocked off Bo Klingensmith out there, and he's a very good wrestler. So um, it, it's also a wrestler that looked up to Adam Allard, too. So, you know, that's the impact Adam Allard has had in his career. There's so many wrestlers in the state that have looked up to him in those weight classes too, and at West Sioux as well. So it's a tough loss, and I touched on this on the wrestler of the year story. You know, he's had one loss in his career beforehand, and look what it sparked. Now what does this loss spark? Yeah. And I can guarantee you that Adam Allard will be working on his bottom position here. He'll go to northern Iowa working for Schwab 
and, and doing everything Schwab says. And, you know, between that and Mark Van Oort, those are two very good guys to learn from. So, you know, he, he's got a lot that he knows how to work on. He's a very good defensive wrestler. His offense took a mate. I don't think, I won't say take a step, took a step forward. I think he started wrestling more offensive. I think that was always there. He started wrestling more offensive. So it's working on that bottom position there. Cause that's very important in college wrestling with riding time. So if he can get that figured out, he could be, I mean, this could spark a ton in Adam Allard here. Cause that's not what he's going to want to be remembered for. If he goes out and finishes an all American at the NCAA level or competes for a national That'd title. That'd be cool. That's what he'll be remembered for all of a sudden. And West Sioux is going to remember him for all. I mean, all of Northwest Iowa is going to remember him for what he did. There's some around the state that are going to remember that match, but his legacy is going to be three-time state champion, 200-plus wins, all the consecutive victories, helping being a key cog in building that West Sioux program under Mark Van Ort. So there's a lot for him to accomplish and we'll see how much he builds on this loss, too. That's that's the key for Adam Allard. What does he do next? Yeah, let's dig deep a little bit more into, into this match. And, and the one thing we'll start with, I guess, is a quote Van Ort had in your story that will appear in Wednesday's paper. And, and that's that he mentioned that even state peewees are going after Allard's yeah. accomplishments with the Falcons, too. And I think that just speaks to the athlete and the person that Allard presented himself as in the weight in the wrestling. Exactly. He's always a humble guy. I mean, like I said, even that loss, yes, it was a heartbreaking loss, but he got up, he shook the hand and, and he, yes, he was down on the mat for a little bit, but it wasn't a long time. You know, if you put him in that position, how long would you be down on that mat? I, I don't know if I'd ever get up. The rest so, of the and night. That's the thing. And so <laughs> he got up, he shook the hand and, and he went and, you know, he went back there and yes, no one was able to talk to you, even Van Ort took a bit for him to talk because i mean he's so invested in this yeah. too but van ort talked afterwards which huge and he went on that podium and you know that's the kind of stuff kids see you know how do you accept your failures like you accept your wins allard never celebrated his wins he always was humble in his wins he didn't celebrate victories you know each state title he'd hold up his finger for which state title it was he didn't go out there and, and jump into the crowds i mean he could have and that wouldn't have been bad by any means. He never really celebrated his victories. He was humble in that aspect. He just kept going to work. And kids saw that. He was very approachable for the kids, too, in that weight room. And they've learned stuff from him. He's helped teach. And that's something he wants to do in the future as coach. He, he, want, he wants to get into the coach, coaching aspect of it. And I think he'd be a very good guy to get into the coaching aspect of it. You know, kind of, you know, maybe a little Schwab in him coaching-wise, you know. Maybe, maybe a little <laughs> Dylan Peters in him, too, uh. He never really used the cow catcher, so that's that's a little interesting. But you know, maybe maybe there's something in that aspect too of a uh, future in coaching for him, uh, as as well for what he knows too. And that's that goes a long way in teaching these kids those aspects and having him look, having them look up to him. Because he'll he'll always be back at Westview helping out. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that? Allard had seen anybody as offensive as Noonan was in that final match? Well, not so much offensive. Uh, kind of more. On that scale, made, uh, Bo Klingensmith, Bo Klingensmith, Wyatt Reese, if I remember correctly, for Logan Magnolia, he's seen that. He's seen it at Fargo. He's seen some quality wrestlers for where they go. So, yeah, he, he, he has seen that before in that aspect. You know, I think Noonan, you know, one thing is maybe we've all underrated Noonan because we all considered it Adam Allard's to win, you know, being the four-timer. But Adam, Aiden Noonan has really burst onto that scene Last year, winning that state title over Bo Klingensmith. And maybe it's one of those things where, and, and 
Klingensmith wrestled Noonan well in the semifinals as well. It was actually Klingensmith versus Noonan in the 126 semifinals to, to, to wrestle Allard. And Allard beat Klingensmith by two on decision. And, and from what I've heard, it wasn't as close, but Klingensmith did wrestle him well. But so, so he had, you know, he had wrestled Klingensmith who finished third. So maybe it's something where we're underrating Noonan a bit, but Allard on his best days was, was better. And he's, he's faced some really good competition the past few years. So, so that's the case. I think Aiden Noonan really put his hands in the deck of, he might be one of the best wrestlers in Iowa this upcoming season. Yeah, he certainly created some momentum for himself going into the 2020-2021 uh, wrestling uh, season. For, I, I don't know if you want to call this unfortunately or fortunately for Allard, unfortunately for us as fans, as, as people who are watching the sport, but uh, Allard was unfortunately uh, not the only one who lost the championship match on Saturday night, Jack Gockle being one of them. Uh, Sergeant Bluff, um, what did you see out of that match? Um, I I saw Galco was the better offensive wrestler in that match. He he's the one that dictated the pace. He's the one that dictated the movement. And he he's still the one that lost. And I think that's what sticks with Jack the most right now. After talking to him afterwards, um, you know, Will Moisel is a very good wrestler. Will Moisel also gets out of predicaments very well because there was a couple times Jack had him, and I don't know how Will didn't get got his foot out a couple of times, especially on was about the fourth shot he was up. And I, I don't know. I don't know how Will got out of that um, on that takedown attempt. Um, so that, that was interesting. But Jack really pushed the pace. And you know, the thing that got him was a penalty point where he had Will. He had control. Will tried getting up. He got up pretty quick. And Jack's hands locked for a quick little – little you know i don't even it wasn't even a full second and he was called for lock hands okay. so you know i'm, I'm kind of with clint kudam on this one you've got to be given some reaction time if something like that happens because jack quickly got out of the locked hands and but that gives will a point that changes the dynamic of the match um in that so i thought jack really dictated the pace but he's not the one who ends up winning in it which is it's really tough to take when you feel you're the better wrestler out there. You feel like you wrestled better. You don't win the match. Um, There's a 3-2 decision for Emoisel. Nothing, nothing going into the third period, and, and Jack went to neutral, which allowed it to go one nothing for Will. But Jack got that takedown with 121 left, and then came that penalty point with about 51 seconds left. And and uh, Jack had them go up again. That that gives that gives um, Will the advantage at 3-2 there. And like I said, it's about I'd say about. 25 seconds left. Jack got in on the shot, got one, got one of the legs, um, got deep in one of the legs, almost had the foot because Will was trying to scramble out. And just, I don't know how toes or anything, Will just did not let Jack get the foot. And that, that ended up being the difference. And, and, uh, and, and for Will to get the 3-2 victory. And, you know, that's the third time that Jack Galco, who's a junior, finished as the runner-up. And... I gave him some. I talked to Clint afterwards, and Clint was saying the same thing. He thought he wrestled better out there than he had in his other matches. Thought he wrestled his match, and that's the toughest thing is that it's a loss. But he will regroup. He's Jack. He he will regroup. Uh, former sports editor Jeff Budlong um, said Jack actually took a little about a month off, about a month and a half off last year after his state title loss to, to figure things out. I don't think it'll be as much now. I think this one will you know really push him. 
um, even more than he's been before. Cause he's, he's very dedicated. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I talked to Jack, you know, after the podium, I gave him some time. I asked him if he wanted mm-hmm. to talk and I figured it'd be a hard no. And he talked and I got to give that kid all the credit in the world. You had just lost your third state title. And this guy wants to interview you for the story. And I thought he gave some very good quotes in that one. Um, I can't remember. It's been, been a month, so I can't really remember. But I thought he said sure. some good things about, you know, that got, I think part of it was God has a plan, you know, that he's going to get back at it and it's going to push him even more. And, you know, I'd expect to see him in the state title match again next year. So, How, I guess, and I guess I'm trying to put both of us in his shoes, but how frustrated would you be how uh, – all those adjectives, I guess, would you be if you were in his shoes? It's got to be uh, frustrating. It's got to be uh, wearing down on you to get three runners up in a row, and that's great, but you still want to get that top spot in the podium. Do you think that he can get to that number one spot next yeah, year? Yeah, I do. I thought he could get to this year. I do think he out-wrestled Will. I just think Will – had enough defense in him to get through it. And that's, that's the, like I said, the frustrating part when you feel you wrestled better. A lot of people think you wrestle better, but yes, I think Jack, I, I, I 152 or 160 is what I expect him to be at next year. He's at 152 this year. We'll see if he goes up to 160. He added a lot of muscle this year. Um, I think he didn't, he wouldn't have to cut weight at 152 again. Um, but yes, I expect him to wrestle for a state title again next year. I think this will push him. I think he can get that top spot next year. He's going to be the favorite in whatever weight class he's in again this year because that's really the only guy that had really challenged him. Uh, if someone else had challenged him, it's because he wasn't wrestling to his capability. I'd say in the first two rounds he wasn't wrestling to his capability. Quarterfinals, he turned it on pretty well. You know, He got back to wrestling how he wrestled. Same with the championship match. So. I expect him to be in that top spot. I, I think he can win that title. I thought he could win the title this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. But, uh, you know, there's, there's one thing. You always expect Jack Galco to be in that, in that title match. And, you know, Will Moisel was actually in the same position Jack Galco was going to be in next year, this year. It was the Will Moisel, can he finally pull one out? That, that was the thing. That's quite the family from West Liberty with Bryson Moisel as his brother, too. So, yeah. Right, right. And, and, I remember that night I went home and I, I called uh, my former sports editor, John Grammels of the Clinton Herald, because he's a big wrestling uh, fan too. And we were talking about how, has there ever been a four-time state runner-up? And I, I'm not hoping that for Jack. I, I do hope he gets to the top of the podium next season. But what would that, but what does he need to do kind of in that wrestling room to kind of, avoid being a four-time runner-up. Is there anything specific that you I see? I think it's mostly mentality now. I think that's that's what it's going to come down to is, is the mentality. So um, to answer your question, yes. Yes, there is. Actually, Connor Ryan, of Nor- who wrestled for Norscott and Bettendorf from, uh, Norscott from 2009 to 2010 and Bettendorf from 2011 to 2012, he made four state finals. He did not win a single state final. He was 0 for 4 in mm. state finals. Um the reason I know this is I actually pulled up some stuff for, for the Adam Allard story today. So I had four-time state finalists. That was one of the things I, I pulled up. Because um, there's only been – there's been 64 of them. So Adam Allard was, was with the 64th and, and such. But, so there has been one before. Um, everyone else has won at least two titles. So it's either zero to two. There's no one on here. So, yeah. it's Maybe he can make some history so, there. 
So, um, yeah, it's a mentality thing. It's it's going in there knowing you're going to win the match. I, I guess I can't quite tell because Jack's always had a strong mentality. You know, he's always sure. had a good support system around him from Clint, Sergeant Bluff, and his family. His dad's a really nice guy too and and such. So uh, I think it's a mentality thing. I can't pinpoint it. That's why I'm definitely not a coach. But I think it's more just the <laughs> mentality of knowing you can win that title. That's, that's going to be the key instead of having – Three setbacks, just knowing you can win this one. So that's going to turn out differently. One more state title match from that Saturday night at Wells Fargo Arena to go over, and that's Dylan Winkle of Central Lion, George Little Rock. He also lost his match as well. Um, he, he faced New Hampton, Turkey Valley's Evan Rizanki for the, for the title. Obviously, Rizanki beat him. What did you see out of that match? Dylan Winkle and Curtis Eben put the uh, Central Line George Little Rock coach, uh, Curtis Eben put this perfectly. He just never really got anything going on his feet like he normally does. He, he wasn't as fluid on his feet. He wasn't getting into his tacks on his feet as well as he usually does. That's the key with Dylan. He's so strong that when he gets into his attacks, he's hard to stop. He's hard to fight off. He never he never really looked that comfortable out there at times. And, and, and that's the thing, like when – Dylan Winkle, he can make about anything happen out there. That was evident when he pinned Wyatt Volker in, in the semifinal match. So Dylan was never really get on, was able to go on his feet, and, and Rozanki took advantage of that. Um, you know, he, Dylan got taken down early, almost pinned, got out of it. He, he battled his way back, tied it at five. They went to the neutral spot, which, you know, Curtis even felt comfortable with, with as good as as Winkle's been on his feet, but he never could get his attacks going. He only had one takedown on that. He had multiple attempts. He never really got a great shot besides his one takedown. And he got, he had plenty of opportunities and, and Rosanki took advantage of that and turned him a couple of times because of some shots. And, and that was a different set. So he never really got into his shots like he had throughout the tournament. Cause I mean, it, Winkle had really dominated his, his other two matches, and that win against Volker was an absolute shock. And but it's because he, he always kept his offense going, and, and you know he, he caught Volk, uh, Volker off guard with with a nice with a nice attack, and that's what got him that match because no one expected that. I mean, he got that takedown against Volker with about a minute to go, and pins him. I'm sorry, he got the reversal. He got the reversal. I'm thinking that match. Right? He got he got the takedown at the end of the second period that kept him in that match. Uh, in that, and, and and that's what made it four uh, four three, I believe. Um, that one, the one to the third, and Dylan got because I looked up. I was actually typing up a story, and you know why Volker was such a favorite. I'm like, okay, I'll pay touch to this, and all of a sudden Winkle's down two nothing. Okay, he's down four nothing in the second. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. So he gets his get for one. I'm like, oh, that's good. All of a sudden it's four three, and I think I just sent you the story. And I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta rush out there, and I get yep. out. I, I get remember out it. There yep. I see. I see. Winkle get the reversal and the pin, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like it, it's everyone erupted. Like no one saw it coming. It was a shock, and basically the whole media horde followed Winkle back there. I I kind of had an advantage of getting back there before everyone else um, with where <laughs> I was standing. But you know, it was me and about you know I'd say about ten ten other reporters there ready to talk to him because no one expected that, and even he doesn't fully remember what he did, but. You know, he really caught Volker off guard with his offense, and that's something he didn't carry over to the championship match. But he's a junior, so I'm sure that's something Curtis even will be talking to him about, about that, you know, keeping that going, because people thought that was going to be Volker in that title match. They really did. Winkle was ranked third, but it was Volker was the favorite. So 
So it's a learning experience for Dylan Winkle, and I expect him to be stronger next year. I think he's going to be 195 again. I think he'll be at 195 again uh, in that aspect. Um, so I think I think you'll see him, you know, Volker's only a sophomore, so if he's at 195, again, given his size, I'm going to guess 220 for him. Um, so if not, it could Dylan Winkle will be the favorite next year at 195, I think, because uh, Rosanke was a senior. So. Winkle only had one loss all season. That was the loss to Rizanki, and it was his first season at Wrestling Varsity uh, with Central Line George What's Little he? Rock. Were you surprised that? Were you surprised at how well Winkle wrestled all season, given it was his first varsity? No, I kind of heard a little bit about the kid, and I knew who he was behind last year with with Colton Bus and some of those guys at those weight classes uh, and such. So I wasn't too surprised that he did well. I was surprised he went undefeated. I was surprised about that, but when you watch him wrestle, you can see why he's undefeated. He's aggressive. He doesn't. He just. He just lets his wrestling flow there. That's why I think he was thinking too much in that 195 match. That's not a, you know, saying he should stop thinking. But you know, I thought. thought, thought right. I just head a little bit there with his offense. So he's got very good offense. He's a strong farm kid, strong farm boy right there. You know. It's easy, I don't want to say it's easy to see why he wasn't a varsity wrestler last year because, like I said, he was behind Colton Buss last year, and all Colton Buss did was shock the 195 bracket and find himself in the title match against Broderson last year. And he ended up dislocating Broderson's finger by accident, which Jeez. actually ended up earn, earning some respect from Broderson as well on the stand because you could see they were joking around a little bit. So... Um, and for those that don't know, Julian Broderson, he redshirted for Iowa State this year, and he is going to be a hammer at the D1 level. Watch what Paul Dresser does with him. Holy cow. Um, but, yeah, Dylan Winkle, I didn't expect undefeated. You know, I, I heard a little bit about him. and I, I, was, I was told a little bit about him last year. And, you know, I was surprised he was undefeated, but I wasn't surprised he was very good. So, you know, wrestling for a state title, I'm, I'm now going to consider the 195 bracket, the Central Lions surprise in the tournament for the state title match bracket. So, if, But if Winkle stays at 195, it won't be much surprise if he's back in the state title match next year. So the last two years, Central Lion George Lorock has shocked the world at that 195 bracket. They like to shock the world, don't they? They did a state track with only five kids and winning the state title and and. So good, good for those folks up there to kind of shock the world a little bit in multiple sports, including including wrestling. You are listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm Zach James alongside Justin Rustin. There was a wrestler who ended his high school career by winning a state title, and that was Vermillion's Lucas Anglin in the South Dakota uh, State Wrestling Championships. And Anglin did it at 145. Uh, and went 46-0, and 0 and, and Justin, good for Anglin to uh, end his career with the third state title. Yeah, the uh, SDSU recruit, I believe, if I'm thinking right. SDSU, I'm thinking I may be, I'm, I'm blanking right now on, on where he's going, but he'll, he'll be wrestling the next level, and he's been just a hammer for the last three years, and it was really no contest. He controlled all his matches at state this year, kind of like he did last year. He's just been a hammer, such a quality wrestler, just moving up the ranks here. Um, it was nice to see him end with that third state title. Um, kind of got overshadowed by a little bit by what Canton did at the state tournament by dominating everything in Class A. Um, but he, he, or Class B, I mean, I'm sorry, they're Class B if I remember correctly, or maybe they're Class A. They're out of the coverage area. So I know, I know I, I have a family member wrestling for Canton, so that's why. But 
yeah, Lucas Angwin really went in there, really finished his career like he wanted to. And um, he, he, he's a very big hammer. He, he could wrestle for about any team here in, in Northwest Iowa. He's, he's, he's a very quality wrestler, Lucas Angwin. It'll be fun to see what he does at the next level. Yeah, what does it say about him that he is a three-time state champion in South Dakota? Uh, it, it does say a lot. There's a lot of you know three-time, four-time state champions that have gone on to do a lot. You know, Robert Kokesh is a name that comes to mind from Wagner. You know, so um, it 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 says a lot. That's not easy to do in any state to do it three times and dominate the way he did. He'd probably come and make some noise at the one forty-five pound brackets here in Iowa. I, I really believe that. I think, I think you know he, he's going to be a quality wrestler. D1 level. He's got some good offenses. Defense is pretty superb. He, he's a very well-rounded wrestler, and I'm interested to see what he does at the next level. What else? Uh, it- uh, trip to trigger from the South Dakota State Wrestling Tournament, if anything. Um, the, Lu- uh, the Lucas uh, Sort kid, um, Sort kid from uh, Beersford, uh, Alcester Hudson, he finished in third place. He lost his semifinal match to the guy who later went on to lose to Lucas Sanguin. He had a really good season, finishing third. I believe he's a junior. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next year in that aspect. Um, that's kind of the next thing that caught my eye there. Um, Elk Point Jefferson sent a good amount of wrestlers. Let's see if they can build off that. Beersford Alcester Hudson seemed to be a good co-op that first year. Let's see if they can build off that. Um, but Luke, Lucas Cirque is a guy I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he does next year. Give me a quick hit on the, the uh, on the Nebraska side of the state tournament. I know Wayne had Michael Leatherdale win it all for Wayne. What else jumped out to you? Um, the fact of the matter is what jumped out to me is South Sioux kind of took a step back this year from what they had last year. They're, they're, they had some injuries and such too, and that's something they need to get more consistency out of their program. They've got some quality wrestlers. Now they need to build on it. I feel that's a team that didn't take the step forward I was hoping to, but still in the last two years they've sent more to state than they had the previous few years. So, so, they, so while it's a step back, it's still a step forward for what it used to be. So if they can build off that and see what they, 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 they can do the next few years. So, Was it a shock that they took a step back? You know, I, I don't know. They had some injuries that kind of hindered some things. So it's 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 – I wouldn't say a shock by any means, so I did expect a little more, but it, but it wasn't a shock. Right, right. And, and uh, South Sioux Edwards doing their roundup for you were in Des Moines, and I noticed that they kind of struggled. I know they had a guy or two win, and I know I think um, Ponca had a kid that won a match or two as well, but it just seemed like the Cardinals just couldn't get anything going especially in that first round. They had some tough first-round matchups. They kind of, that was kind of their selves. They, only, they didn't have any district champions, so that's kind of why they got, got in that position there. So. All right, good enough. Anything else you want to add before we sign I will admit off? There was some, you know, West Sioux, I mentioned this before, they had five state place winners. Uh, Carson Lineout is a kid that jumped up, you know, about 50 pounds in weight classes, ended up wrestling in the semifinals, lost in that, and finished in third place. That's like when you jump up 50, 50 pounds to 182, that's a huge jump. The fact that he finished in third place, boy, it's going to be interesting to see what he does next year now that he got, has it all down, you know. Um, we're a little surprised Mikey Baker didn't finish as high up as he did. He didn't have, um, he didn't have the strongest, strongest state tournament um, that we thought he would have. Uh, if Mikey Baker can improve on that, he still plays. He still plays to – uh, sixth, I believe, and if he can build, he, he ended up finishing fifth. You know, which I say that's kind of low. It's a freshman, but 
he he was undefeated right. coming in. If he can build off it a little bit, that that's kind of the huge thing there for for Mikey Baker in that aspect. Braden Graff, another third place finish. He was not happy about that. That's a kid that expects to be wrestling for a title next year. He expects to be wrestling for a title this year. So see how much that fuels him in that aspect. Um, Bo Smith finishing third, like I mentioned before. Does he take that next step up again um, and get to be where he wants to be uh, there? Um, both uh, Tristan Mulder and Jace Mulder. Tristan Mulder finishing third, wrestled for a state title last year, so a little short where he wanted to be from last year, but that's a guy that's putting together a pretty good resume right there, and it's helping Western Christian build. Western Christian finished in the top ten for the first time in however long, so Pete DePole is building something there at Western Christian. Slowly, you know, Eli Van Ginkle doing as well as he did at State. Um, I believe he placed at 195. Uh, yeah, he placed in eighth place at 195, and no one would have ever expected that. So that was one thing that stuck out as Western Christians building something. Also, also, if Hinton can build off what they did down there, Derek Anderson finishing in third place at 195. No one expected him to be in the semifinals. And he almost pulled off the semifinal against Tate Hagen, who won the title. They went to an ultimate tiebreaker. And what that is is if Derek Anderson could have rode out Tate Hagen, he's going on. It was that tied of a match. Hmm. Hagen got out in the last five seconds to get the win in that one. He goes on to win the title. So Derek Anderson almost, after not qualifying for the state tournament last year, almost wrestles for a title this year. He's only a junior, so I'm very interested to see what he does next year. Give me a quick hit on the city, what you're looking forward to in the offseason from the city schools. I'm looking to see what Jacob Cologne can build there because he's brought two guys there. They're their own too, so there wasn't much there for them. What can Jacob build? Because it's a, kind of a ground up that they're working on right now for East, so it could take a little bit there. Nick Wolters is, Nick Wolters is someone I'm really looking at too. Um, he did not. He bumped up to 132 uh, at the state tournament, and he lost his first round match by fall to the guy he beat in the first round last year. Bounced back, but did not place. He placed. Um, he placed last year. Did not place this year. He's got another year. Let's see what he can do for that senior year and how he can build on that and 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 such. So the city has a bit to go. Um, Heelan's got some kids coming back too. Uh, Kobe Wilmersher and Nick Nick. Uh, McGowan both won a match at state. Colby came up short in his in his blood round match, and there's some controversy around that whether he was out of bounds or not, or if he could have gotten the two points in that too. There's some controversy with that, um, but both but they in their careers. But you have Jalov Bruckman, Ethan DeLeon, Jacob McGowan back next year. So can Heelan build something there in that aspect? Uh, Westwood has a very good 182 pounder and. Um, uh, Jackson DeWald, and DeWald finished in seventh place. He was only a freshman at 182. Uh, let's see what he can do next year in that aspect. Um, you know, so there's a lot of lot of quality young kids there. Um, some good kids that graduated, but, but let's see what Northwest Iowa does next year. We got some guys that can be back in title matches. We'll see what Mikey Baker does, Braden Graff, um, how, how West Sioux builds on it next year. So there's there's a lot of stuff to take out of the state tournament this year. Oh, and uh, you know, what, what, what can Sergeant Bluff do? They've got Isaac Bryan back along with Ty Kudum as well. Noah Parmalee will be back next year as well. Um, Hunter Stevens, Steffens, what spot does he take in the lineup and how well does he do? What, what, can, what can they kind of build in that aspect there? 
Sergeant Bluff next year around Jack Galco and those uh, actually a pretty good four that they got back. So once the wrestling season starts next year, I hope everything will be back to normal. And that's what we'll talk about coming up in our next podcast here on SCJ Preps on is how the COVID-19 outbreak is affecting uh, the high school sports landscape. But in the meantime, we thank you for listening to this rest- season in review of the wrestling high school season here on SiouxCityJournal.com and on Omni.fm. Uh, we love to hear from you. Email us at scjsports at SiouxCityJournal.com or tweet at us at scjsports on Twitter and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. For sports editor Justin Russ, this is assistant sports editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening.